0: welcome to episode 22 of the bm cast not a podcast that fleets though that may be a lie but the show about playing magic the gathering on a budget i'm scott and i'm joined by the spell crawler herself emma how are you doing this week
1: doing much better this week thank you for asking um so i've taken the week off from magic and content because i've been a bit tired and feel a bit burned out and i realized since writing at tcg i have not taken a break since last october So mm feel like it was overdue. Um, so, yeah. in terms of magic, I haven't done a huge amount. However, I did receive a really cool care package from Wizards of the Coast, um, which included a load of Command Legends goodies and snacks. The snacks was really random, but I'll take snacks. Nice. So, yeah, got some nice collector boosters. I opened some up, and the Edge Falls look really, really nice, actually. I wasn't too big on them to begin with, mm-hmm. because the photos didn't really make them look good, but in person, they look really, really nice. Mm. Gives some nice personality to your decks. Otherwise, in terms of content, i come back on it this week. So yeah, this week at TCG Player, I look at building modern spirits, in uh, particular Azorius spirits, on a budget. Mm. Um, I think the deck's really, really good at the moment, and a lot of it is quite cheap. And later this week as well, it will be on Sunday. I've got a really huge Pioneer primer on like how to get into the format and what mm. is Pioneer. And if you're ever curious about jumping into the format, that's a really good place to start. It was a really tough one to do because Pioneer's in a really weird place at the moment, but yeah. I've come to like it. It's been a labour of love. And lastly, Channel 5 All has kindly invited me to play Commander at the Commander Fest 3 this weekend coming I'm mm-hmm. um, one of the feature matches, so I will be playing a game of Commander with uh, Shiv Shivan Bahat and Scott Larrabee. So I'm pretty excited to do it. My match starts at Sunday 10am Central Time, which equates to about 6pm GMT. But yeah, it'll be a whole weekend of Commander. It should be fun. Nice. I've got two decks that I'm undecided on what to play. Um, but yeah, it should be good. How about good you?
0: Stuff. I am now at peace. I <laughs> I've been working all week on a yeah. special project, a special video for Wizards of the Coast, actually. All about Commander. And mm-hmm. that should be live by the time this episode goes live. Should be. Well, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll repost it when it's live. So... You, you'll definitely see it so that was very cool i got some product from wizards of the coast for that to use in the video so that was nice got a couple of uh collector boosters or lecky boosties as i'm calling them now <laughs> lecky boosties you heard it here first but yes so i got some of that stuff that was nice my latest article is also live over in car kingdom Right now, it's another 10 underrated cards for Commander because the last one did really, really well. People loved it. And this time, they're almost all fairly recent cards. So from around Throne of Eldraine onwards. So Neat. you could well have a bunch of them lying around in piles of draft chaff that you might want to fish out. In terms of playing actual magic itself, I played a few games of Commander with friends this week. I've been testing out a couple of new decks. Actually, by the time you'll have heard this, I will have been on stream with uh, Scrap Trawlers, where we were challenged to make a new Commander deck for under $50. So we'll see how my deck does. Go check it out if you want to see what I can do with $50 in Commander. As well, I've also been on the Irish Magic Discord server a lot, which has been great. It's a server that's been organized by a few Irish players that wanted to try and move away from the Facebook page because Facebook is god-awful. But it's worked out really, really well. Because there are people playing Commander in there every single day. People are conducting trades in a separate trades channel and stuff. Like there's even a weekly friendly modern tournament every Wednesday where we get at least like 10 people. Like it doesn't sound that big, but considering it's all organized through a server with the companion app and played over Spell Table and stuff, it's fantastic. That sounds really sweet. It's really, really cool. And it's been really good to keep in touch with all of the people and friends that I know from... From the, the local area and stuff, so that's been great. And outside of Magic, I've been watching one of my favourite streamers. They're Lobos Junior. They play a lot of, like, Soulsborne oh, games and Lobos stuff. Oh, I love Lobos
1: Junior. I watch a load of Lobos. Real good. It's so good.
0: But watching him play through the new Demon Souls remake, it mm. looks so sweet. But I want it. <laughs> me too, but I don't think I'd get a new console for that game alone. Though, no. with that said, I did get a PS4 almost exclusively for Bloodborne, so... Who knows?
1: Yeah, Bloodborne's fantastic though. It's one of the best iterations of those kind of games, I think. Like Dark Souls One is up there as well, I think. But yeah. I think Bloodborne, in terms of like the environment and the backdrop, I think it was really, really good. Also it has like the best yeah. soundtrack as well.
0: It's intense, yeah, for sure. Yeah, number one was really clunky. Number two was really, really weird. And then when mm. Bloodborne came out between two and three, like that's really where they kind of upped their game and it just became really fluid. Yeah. But I feel like we should have Probably a separate podcast for this kind of talk at some point. <laughs> yes, you know, I agree. Games I agree. of some sort. Just think yeah, about that.
1: <laughs> definitely. There's a lot of Hades chat as well. For sure.
0: All right. So, Emma, have we got any housekeeping this week?
1: oh We do have some housekeeping. So, I'd mm. like to give a huge thank you to Felipe and Alejandro, who are the latest patrons of our Cheering Fanatics here. So, thanks a lot. Much thank appreciated. You. And also just want to give a quick thank you to everyone who has filled out the form that that we sent out last week in regards to how we can make the Cast better and any feedback. We'll be looking at it properly in the next few weeks because we've both been pretty busy. And we're mm. going to see if we can expand the Cast brand and, you know, make it great or make it better. Um, so, yeah, thanks a lot for that. And we'll definitely take it on board soon.
0: Yeah, for sure. If you enjoy the BMCast and would like to support them, you can become a patron for as little as $3. You'll get access to all of the notes and lists they use on the show, and their $7 tier gives you VIP access to the greatest budget resources of any magic podcast. So what are you waiting for? Visit patreon.com forward slash Budget magic Cast to level up your game and get your stonks on. All right, so let's preface this with this is not really going to be an episode about magic. It's going to be somewhat uh, magic adjacent, I guess. It's more to do with content, uh, creating content, burnout, mental health, the whole lot. It's been a tough couple of weeks for us in particular uh we've both been incredibly busy and i think you're kind of at a point if i'm not mistaken emma where you're kind of coming out the other end of feeling burnt out and i'm just hitting it right now so (laughs) we're at two different points for sure But we're both kind of hitting a point where we kind of need a bit of a break or a change in pace. So this is kind of what this episode is all about.
1: Yeah. Also, we are comfortable at that point in our podcasting career that we can have an episode and don't talk about magic and probably get away with it. So, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You got to listen to us no matter what we say. No, that's not true. Please don't leave.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Please don't leave. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so to expand on what Scott said, we've both been super, super busy doing separate things. So... Scott does a lot of great stuff in like video and audio work and with the writing, and I've been really busy with the writing stuff as well, and we just kind of decided that it's really good to just have this conversation, because you don't hear about it often, you only hear like the positive aspects of content creation, Mm -hmm. like the previews and the product and all the cool opportunities that come with it. You don't talk about the burnout and how tired it makes you and how you have so much product you can't move in your flat, so... You know, it's just a great way just to understand that what we do is very difficult. We are not looking for sympathy. We're not looking for a shoulder to cry on. We're just trying to normalize the process because it's just not talked about that often.
0: Yeah, for sure. It is talked about sometimes, mm. but not as much as it could be or should be. And on top of that, there's something that, well, to be honest, when I started doing content, I really, really wish I had. And that was a better insight into how other people create content because... Yeah. When I started, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I started doing streaming on Twitch at first, like an idiot, because it's absolutely not the platform for me, but I couldn't work out what to do, when to do it, how to do it. I had to learn all this stuff from scratch. And now, to be fair, that is how most content creators go about it, but Mm. says who? Like, why can't we all just like share what we know to make life easier for each other? Like, it can sometimes feel like creators are almost in competition with each other when that's literally the opposite of the situation. I think
1: it's a really old school kind of mindset that Mm. content creators, you have to work on your own. You have to deal with everything on your own, because if you talk to someone about it, it could be... They use that idea or that concept in their own content like there's some sort of threat or competition where, in fact, you should just normalize the conversation and just be super open about it. Like you did with the Discord that you Mm. started was a good example of that.
0: Yeah. For anyone that doesn't know, I run a Discord for Magic Creators where if anyone's having a bad time or whatever, you can just jump in and talk it out you know hash yeah. things out or if you want to just chat to people about whatever it doesn't matter magic not magic content creation feeling down about stuff feeling good about stuff just somewhere to have like-minded individuals sit down and be able to have a quick chat and whoever's available normally just jumps in a few messages back and forward it's all good this is something that i felt was sorely missing in content creation within magic somewhere where we can just all sit on a level playing field and be like, we're all creators. We're all doing the same thing. We're all getting burned out. We're all trying different things to try and succeed and continue. Why not have this? Like, this seems like a great little nexus in which to sit around and work things out. But yeah, like I think the whole idea of like uh, feeling in competition and stuff sort of stems from things like journalism. It's, it's not like this at all. You know, like if you look at, there's been countless times where I've seen creators putting up videos that are, On very very similar topics within a day or two of each other and then people are being like oh you've copied this person or you've copied that person or whatever and no sometimes people just think of the same thing like yeah sometimes they just have similar ideas you know
1: there's this famous saying in content creation i can't remember who said it but it's if you do something second in content creation you may as well be last because there's this notion that you have to be the first at everything that you do which is not Mm. true you can kind of just do what you want you're going to gain a following anyway. It's not all about just being the first to do this thing. Because if you don't, you're going to have that issue of, oh, you copied this person, you copied that person, where in fact you just had the same idea and you just wanted to do it yourself, which is absolutely fine. It's just very, very cutthroat at times. And it can take a toll on your mental health as well, as we both know.
0: Yeah, this kind of helps lean into a big point that i feel not enough people take into consideration when it comes to generating content and stuff and that is it doesn't matter like you said about being first what actually matters is that you make it your own because i could be the first person to put up a new deck tech on youtube or something but just because i did it a week before saffron olive did it doesn't mean that more people are going to look at my video you know, that's just not how content works, you know? Like, when it comes to magic content anyway, it's not the kind of thing where you have to be first to do a thing. Some other industries, perhaps, like, you know, you might be the first to show off a gameplay trailer or something like this for video games or something. That might be different. But when it comes to, like, you know, opening some packs or doing some gameplay or doing a new deck or something like that with magic, no, nah, there's no time limit on this. But that little... It was not so much of a rant. It was more just a... A ramble, I guess. To heart to heart. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing we did want to do, like I said at the start of our little heart to heart slash ramble slash <laughs> jumble of words, is that so many people don't know how to make content or how other people make content so they can sort of compare notes and get a better understanding as to what the hell you're supposed to be doing, you know? So we've decided to run through, very quickly, the cast process and what we do from the very first point of conception for the podcast to right now. Yeah, that sounds like it might be an awful lot. And in terms of hours, like work hours, yeah. But you'll see how it all sort of starts to add up and make sense. Yeah, I I guess we'll just run through. We'll start, will we?
1: Yeah, Yeah, let's start.
0: So to start off, we didn't just message each other and go, oh, let's start a podcast, go. And then hit record and then put an episode out. That's not how it works. You know, when you want to be (laughs) able to set up content and have a certain kind of like look or feel or brand to it you got to do some groundwork first
1: yeah that's correct so like i'll be honest i've been wanting to start a, a magic podcast for some time finding that person you want to do it with can be quite difficult especially in the community when there's so many people and so many people you talk to it can be just difficult to settle on someone so like i started to get to know scott through his um, his modern video that he did the one where it's just like modern archetypes explained, which is a really good video. You should all check it out. It's great work. And we just got talking from there. And after a while, once we were comfortable just chatting to each other and talking about, you know, content and, you know, writing about budget magic, because that's what we both do. Mm. We kind of proposed the idea of, would you want to do a podcast, you know, at some point. And then it was like, yeah, yeah, sure. We can look into it. And, as Scott said, we didn't jump into it straight away. So what we did for at least a couple of months, I can't remember how long, but this was like early last year. Um, or earlier this year, sorry. Mm. That we just got on Discord. We just had a chat, talked for a couple of hours, played some Magic Online, played a bit of pauper, played a little bit of Brawl on Magic Arena, if I recall. Mm. And just got used to talking to each other because that's what podcasting is. You've got to get used to talking to each other. Yeah. So we need to understand like how we talk and if this is the correct thing to do so for a good few months we were just chatting which might not seem like work but it kind of is because you're setting yourself up for the podcast which is the end product yep
0: yeah 100 percent. you have to get comfortable because sometimes you hear podcasts and people are just constantly talking over each other mm. sometimes it's fine because you know they have a rapport and they know when they can and can't do it Other times they're literally just trampling over each other and you're like, I can't make head nor tail of what's going on. And that's just because they're, they're not comfortable or they're not aware of exactly what they're doing. So there is a certain level of awareness to it as well. But yeah, it's all about being comfortable. Like if you were to just start directly into a podcast with someone, and we're using podcasts as an example, this is any kind of collaborative effort, to be honest. If you don't really know them, you're going to be stumbling over each other constantly and everything. Like I know a lot of podcasts don't do this, but while we're recording this we've got video on as well over discord Mm. because we use like slight visual cues and stuff to know when the other person has something they want to say or whatever and while i have a tendency to talk an awful lot of the time and sometimes accidentally talk over emma it helps to create that level of understanding that you would usually have much better in person but this applies to just podcasts but you can put this stuff to anything that you collaborate with someone on for sure
1: yeah absolutely and i like to think the groundwork that we put in for the first few months kind of helps the podcast grow and feel as natural as possible because we get comments Mm. all the time that oh you know emma and scott just feel like the two friends in a room because we've just spent so long just chatting and just coming accustomed to one another because that's what podcasting is it shouldn't feel forced it should feel like a genuine conversation
0: Mm -hmm. yeah the thing that makes it feel most genuine is the editing
1: which you are ridiculously (laughs) good at so yeah scott does all the editing as well i say that
0: as like a slight joke but it is actually true like the best of friends that have known each other for years and years and years will not have a perfectly smooth conversation it doesn't happen it's just not how conversation happens if you (laughs) have a podcast you're gonna have to edit it same with like a video or a song or whatever like it's never going to be perfect every single time you got to be able to do some editing afterwards That's why if you ever see a live episode of us on like Twitch or something, whenever we do one, Mm -hmm. we're going to have a lot of ums and uhs and talking over each other. And oh, sorry, you go ahead and that kind of thing because you can't edit live.
1: And swearing. There will be some swearing.
0: Yes, maybe a little bit. Maybe. (laughs) Depends on Mm -hmm. how many rounds you get me going on. But yes, so the most important thing at first for us was to get comfortable so that we can get a lot of the, well, honestly, get a lot of the headaches for editing out of the way. Because if we didn't do those few hours of playing games and getting used to talking to each other and stuff, I would spend roughly four times more on editing per episode, which would be ridiculous, to be perfectly honest. But after that, we started to brainstorm ideas. So we were talking about different concepts for the actual overall idea of the podcast. Like, are we going to talk about budget magic? Are we going to talk about just modern? Are we going to talk about this, that, the other? and start fleshing out ideas even down to nitty-gritty ones like what are we going to do every episode like will we do and A, Q&A or will we you know different things like that mm. so brainstorming ideas obviously that's one that a lot of people would just sort of think of doing anyway because you're not really going to just jump headlong into something without thinking about it unless if that's your thing i mean go for it
1: <laughs> yeah um some people prefer just to do stuff impulsively and already figured out what they're saying in their head and then they just say it Whereas with us, I really enjoyed the idea of having just a brainstorming and just having a huge list of stuff that we can talk about in future episodes Mm -hmm. and just save it in case there is a week where we do struggle to talk about which does come up sometimes yeah but even if we're not talking i'll just add something to the list just going in case i forget it here's the thing i'll mention it next time i want to chat with scott Mm. but yeah i prefer to just export my ideas onto just like a google doc and just forget about it because that's the way that works for me
0: yeah next thing we did then was we allocated tasks to each other so whatever we were good at, we basically took it upon ourselves to do those things. As we're going to explain here, there's way more to content than just hitting record and then doing an edit and uploading and stuff. Like Emma has taken on the likes of social media, like all of the cast stuff that you see on Twitter and everything. That's all Emma's doing. Occasionally I'll jump in but like it's every like two months when I remember it exists like that's just how my brain works and like everything on the Patreon as well that's all Emma's domain that's everything that she does there on my side of things I've taken it upon myself to do the editing because I am an audio editor by profession so it was a no-brainer for me to do that and then because I'm doing all the editing and stuff I may as well do the uploading and the search engine optimization like putting in the right tags and hashtags and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so making sure that everybody has tasks to do to make sure that one person isn't overloaded with stuff. If, for example, I was doing 90% of the work after like six months, I'll start getting sick of that. And I'll be like, Emma, what the hell? Come on. Like, I've been doing so much, but that's not how it is. Like, we're playing to our strengths. Emma is much more organized than I am. So she's able to organize all the social media and stuff like that. I would just forget about it. But I know every week I've got to edit an episode. Mm. That's no problem. I can sort that. So you've got that. Then all the documents. Oh my God. We have so many documents. We're possibly too organized.
1: Yeah, I think we are a bit too organized, but I'd rather be over organized and under organized personally. So we have a bajillion and one documents on the BM Class Google Drive. And a lot of them just like episode ideas, brainstorming, like, Our social media templates. So I've got a document that's a template for the Patreon posts and like Twitter. We have. What else did we have? Because you did a load recently, didn't you? You just kind of went ham and just did like 10 documents.
0: Yeah, true, a bunch of stuff. Like there was an overhaul of the social media strategy. We haven't even looked at that yet. We've been that busy. But like. Mm. You know, anytime either of us have an idea, we just make a new document and put in as much as we can think of about it so that we can then visit it and talk about it and look at implementing it into the either the week to week or whichever, you know. Mm. Yeah, this all does seem like an awful lot of work, but. This is all initial work. Once this is done, then it just doesn't have to be done again. That's what's so great about it.
1: That's what content creation and to an extent what marketing is. If you can spend two hours organizing this stuff out, you give yourself 12 hours back in return because you're not worrying about it at a later date. So it is a lot about time management. And if you're organized enough, you will save time in the future so you can do other projects or just give yourself a break as well. Like just chill out or whatever.
0: That is it. One of the other things that we felt was pretty important was to create initial assets for our branding. So we have like the logo, I created Mm. the logo, did the Twitter banner, I made a template thumbnail for the YouTube uploads, all that kind of stuff. I wrote the music for the intro and outro, like they're all things that once you do them, they're kind of done, you know. But it's very important that you have this stuff because if you don't have that stuff and it doesn't look good, no one's gonna click on it. Yeah. you know, it's an unfortunate situation, but it's just mm. how it is.
1: I think the longest process, the the thing that took the longest for us to, you know, start the podcast was a name. We struggled for a name <laughs> for ages. We kind of rattled through so many names, like card yeah. names and stuff. And it's just like this. Just should be simple. Let's just call ourselves the Budget Magic Cast. It says it on the tin. It's super straightforward. And yeah, it seems to have stuck. So yep,
0: it's a good old name. Yeah, so all of this initial work reduces the burden for us every single week. And that allows us to be much, much more efficient with our time, like Emma said. So we can dedicate more time to doing background research on episodes or building new decks or writing our own articles or that kind of thing. So that was kind of the majority of the initial stuff. Seems like an awful lot. Took us like now, I think we may have just like drawn it out a little bit. We were like, what, like two months doing this stuff. Yeah. And to be fair, we could have probably squeezed it all into like two weeks if we really wanted to, but we didn't want it to sort of overload everything else that we were doing at the time. So like, take your own time with it. Like there's no time limit on when to start doing content. And this applies to more than just podcasting, by the way. This is for videos. This is for writing articles. This is for anything. Have a plan. Set your groundwork first. Make sure Mm. that you have this base from which to work on. That is so, so important for making content. It's all well and good if you want to just like start streaming on Twitch or whatever with no overlay or whatever like that. But very few people are going to be enticed to click on it, for example, because it doesn't stand out among all the other different thumbnails that you see on Twitch and Mm. stuff, you know. You need to make sure that you have all this stuff done beforehand so that you present yourself in the best way possible, as well as save yourself time and effort in the long run, you know.
1: Yeah, it's an important takeaway that you've got all the time in the world to do it, so don't rush it because... Mm -hmm. If you spend an extra few weeks just going, oh, I'm going to get everything sorted out. Like even before I started streaming, when I did stream for a little bit, I got an overlay sorted. I got my panel sorted on my Twitch page and stuff just because it's something that future me can just completely ignore and I can just focus on the one thing that i need to do which at this point was streaming Mm -hmm. content is a constant cycle it is a routine and Mm -hmm. you're not going to have time to do those little things when you're creating the content so just get it all done beforehand and then you can just forget about it
0: that's it now let's run through what we do on a week-to-week basis Okay, Mm. this is something that took all of that preparation work, allowed us to make this nice and short and simple, basically. So what I'll do is I'll run through what I do on a week to week for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And then, Emma, you can go through what you do on the week to week for your side. So on Friday to Sunday, this is something that we actually both do is we kind of decide on the episode topic and have a mull over it and sort of think what kind of aspects or topics or different sub themes or points that we want to touch on. So we have the majority of the weekend to sort of think about that. Then when it gets to Sunday, we both fill out the show notes and record the episode. Now, if you're part of the BMCast Patreon, you will see the show notes and you will see that they're incredibly long and detailed. (laughs) Like, that's mostly because if I don't have the words that I'm supposed to say in front of me, I will just go off on a tangent like, well, pretty much the first half of this podcast. So, (laughs) like, and that's even with the words out in front of me here, you know. You may need that, you may not need that. Then once the show is recorded... Emma transfers her audio recording over to myself. I then imported it into the editing software here. If you want to know what editing software I'm using, I use Ableton Live. It's much more suited for music, but I'm really, really comfortable with it. So it works for me. Any audio editing software will work as long as you're comfortable with it and know how to use it. Then on Mondays, I edit the episode. If it takes a little too long, I will do a bit on Tuesday as well. I'm incredibly meticulous about it. Like I said, I'm an audio engineer and editor by trade. So... I am incredibly specific about it as if I'm doing work for a client. You may not need to do the same level of detail as I do. Then when it comes to Tuesday, I'll then create the YouTube thumbnail using the template that we made at the very start, and I will then export a video version of the podcast to upload onto YouTube, and at the same time as that uploading, I'll upload the episode onto Fireside so that it will go out onto Spotify and Google Podcasts and all that sorts of stuff. And while doing that, you also have to add in descriptions and all that kind of thing, so... You have to be careful to make sure that you word the first one or two sentences in your description with as many searchable terms. Like if I'm doing a Magic the Gathering podcast, I'm going to enter Magic the Gathering or Commander or Budget or Modern and these kind of words. Make sure they're in the first couple of sentences and then also add them to the tags or hashtags or whatever as well. And at that point, then that's kind of me done. I'll I'll then retweet the tweet that Emma will put out on the Thursday to say that the episode is live, and that's me done until the Friday when we start thinking of the next episode. That's me, anyway.
1: Yep. Yeah, so for me, my workload starts midweek after Scott has done editing it. So once Scott has messaged me, uh, just going, "Yep, episode's all done, thumbnails all done, everything's on the drive, everything's uploaded to Fireside, you're good to go." When he gives me the okay, I start populating the social media for that episode for the Thursday when it goes out. My plan, normally on a Wednesday evening, just to make sure Scott has ample time to edit everything and in case there's any issues. So on a Wednesday evening, I schedule all the Patreon posts. So that's for every tier, including the public one, because we, we still post it publicly so people can still listen to it. I also schedule tweets for the episode as well. So I do that through tweet deck. That is a really, really useful tool if you want to start marketing stuff, Mm -hmm. especially if you want to just keep repeating generic tweets. So, for example, the Q&A tweets are just scheduled way in advance because we like to have a QA and a and it's just a really good thing to do. And also, another thing I do on a Wednesday night is I just check the metrics. So Fireside is really, really good for looking at like downloads and uh, listening times and where people are listening to it. And it's just really interesting to see that trend of... Is this the kind of content people want? And we can kind of see that just from all the metrics. And then make sure everything's all good, check all the Patreon messages are all answered to, and any existing emails. And that is pretty much me done. It doesn't sound as much as what Scott does, but it does take a lot of time because it's just all scheduling stuff. And it's not mm-hmm. stuff I can do ahead of time because the content hasn't been created. And once that's done, I let Scott know, going, yep, everything's all good to go for Thursday. And then boom, it's up. And then we start the cycle again. And then on Friday, we think about what we're going to talk about for Sunday. So,
0: Yeah. Just on the level of work that we each do as well, I do think it is actually quite even because... If we were to reverse roles, we would both have an incredibly difficult time and would spend infinitely more time on it. So we're playing to our strengths for sure. Yes,
1: it takes me like a couple of hours on a Wednesday night, I say, including like everything else. You know, because I like to research and just check stuff over. I also plan a lot of posts for like Facebook and Reddit as well, because you know, getting your stuff everywhere mm-hmm. is really good. But yeah, so that's pretty much it. It works really well for us. We have a good routine, but it does take a lot of time. And those hours are very, very unseen. So hopefully it mm. gives you a picture of like how much work we put into it. Not saying that you don't appreciate us, but it's just a really good way to say, you know, we put a lot of time into this.
0: <laughs> we we definitely see the appreciation through the number of listens and downloads and especially through the Patreon. It's growing and it's fantastic. It's, it's so good. I'm blown away by it. Absolutely blown away by it. Yeah
1: yeah so that's our week to week really and then we have the occasional stuff the stuff on top of that Mm. where we look at you know ideas for new content like do we want to start like a discord do we want to start doing twitch streams of us playing magic
0: do we want to start a new podcast maybe talking about video games for example yeah
1: this is it like there's just so many options we can do and even last week like i spent a couple of hours curating the google form for our patrons just to see what we can do with the bmcast going forward there's lots of incremental things that also happen outside of the the week to week yeah you know stuff that you have to do to publish the episode
0: yeah that's it i mean it's important to always be growing always be improving always be progressing mm-hmm. because if you're just doing the same thing every single time which admittedly i did for the first year or so while i was streaming i was like i'm not increasing in the number of subscriptions that people are giving to me that i'm i'm not, I'm not progressing at all what am i doing wrong and the thing that i'm doing wrong is i'm not learning from what i'm doing i'm not improving i'm not continuing on to be better to do better to produce Mm. better content the better the content the more people will be inclined to look at it and stick around Mm. and that's what's important that's what the occasional stuff is for to make sure that you are always progressing
1: I want to add on to that, along with scheduling the tweets and stuff for the episodes, I'm on the BMCast Twitter a lot, talking to people Mm. and tweeting to people and liking stuff and retweeting stuff. Doing that kind of gets some opportunities, like we got Gavin Verhey on just through an innocent interaction on Twitter. He was like, yeah, I'll come on the show, we'll talk about Pawpaw, we'll talk about Commander and Commander Legends, and it's just like, yeah, of course we'll have you. Yep. Not so that things can just happen on accident, just because people like talking about the thing that you talk about. And there's, there's a common interest in there as well that, you know, you should play to it.
0: That's it. 100%. Also, when it comes to DMing people about, you know, collaborations and that kind of thing, there's something that a lot of creators don't do. And that is that exactly like sometimes you might need to go is it okay if i dm you about something on twitter or whatever and then just dm them be like can you be a guest on my podcast can you be a guest on my stream or whatever or can i put my name forward to be considered as a guest on something at some stage whatever it is if you don't ask you don't get you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take you know
1: i think a lot of the opportunities in my personal content career i guess is the term Mm -hmm. is just me asking At worst, they say no, and that's fine. Cool. Like, I'm not going to be offended, but I'm just going to be like, oh, you know, I really like your your podcast. I'd love to be a guest on it sometime. Mm -hmm. And most times they're going to go yes, because it's free advertisement, because someone else is on their show.
0: Absolutely. And the thing is, as well, if someone says no, don't take it personally. What's important here is that you treat that person with respect during the interaction, Like, I messaged someone before, I'm not going to obviously name names, that's not right or fair, but I messaged someone before and they were like, "Mm, I don't really know, I'm not 100% sure because I don't really know your content or anything like this. And I was like, that's cool, that's fine. If you do look at my stuff at some stage and turns out you like it and you want me on i'd be more than happy to and like that level of respect is important because people will remember that yeah you know there are countless people that will be jerks on the internet i mean i don't i don't think i have to tell anyone this like i think it's very obvious that people are jerks on the internet so to come across someone that's nice is great it's really really great so it's it's all just about respecting people really and if you show that respect you'll get it back in different ways essentially Slightly off topic, but...
1: Yeah, and I was just going to add a little thing to that. When it comes to content creation, you are your own brand, so mm-hmm. don't be a dick. It's just the advice yeah. I'm going to give, don't be a dick, because often or not, if you do become popular for whatever capacity in what you do, your behaviour will be looked up upon for your audience. I think it's good just to set a good example and just be mm-hmm. not a jerk, and then there'll be less jerks in the world because they see you as a good point of influence.
0: That is it. Now... We did actually have a title here <laughs> to approach next called Burnout. But, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot to actually really talk about. It's essentially, even if you don't produce content, right? Because there there are definitely people listening that don't produce content, might have thought about it, but don't. And that's fine. But you'll have experienced it in different ways throughout life as well. Like, if you work a job that you're not in love with, like most people in the world, if you work a regular night to five or night shift or whatever... And it's not something that you wake up looking forward to. You know exactly what burnout is like because you're waking up in the morning, you're like, I've got to go do this thing. I don't want to. You can feel that obligation. And while it's usually much more necessary for something like a job, as opposed to, say, like creating content as a hobby or something, for argument's sake you still feel that same level of obligation if you're doing a weekly podcast for example you you feel like you can't take a week off you know or if you do try to take a week off you'll record an extra episode a week in advance to try and cover it but that just means you're doubling up your work before you take the break which means that your break is going to be less effective like you said earlier Emmett like you didn't take a break in over a year like that's Not right, you know? No, like, it's
1: not. I'll be the first to admit that. A thing with content creation, so as I mentioned earlier, it's essentially a routine. It's something that you do Mm -hmm. every week or every other week or every month, however you want to schedule it. I didn't realize, because it was so routine and I didn't really think about it, I didn't realize I was tired until like a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, geez, I've been at this for a year now I'm really tired and for context I work a full-time job as well Mm -hmm. so essentially I'm kind of doing two jobs at the moment which presents its own sort of level of fatigue not to mention everything that's going on this year everyone's super stressed and super tired because of the pandemic and so forth and at the point I was just like you know what I need to stop for a week like I really need to stop my piece of advice is doesn't have to be content related just in general in life it's just listen to your body listen to your mind if you feel tired or whatever just take a break you owe it to yourself and yes with the pandemic everyone's kind of focusing on their mental health more which is great but it should have not got this far for you to like address that so just be generous on yourself because most cases we're not we're pretty harsh on ourselves like myself included
0: yeah a lot of content creators tend to be perfectionists at least to some degree which means that Mm. when it comes to things like should i take a break the answer is usually an automatic no in your brain even though it shouldn't be because often that break is probably what you need in order to continue to be the perfectionist that you are you know Mm. one thing that you said there about more people are taking care of their mental health now because of the pandemic I feel like they're only doing that now to get to a regular level of non-pandemic mental health, which is still not great for the majority of people. So if you need more mental health care, like either self-care or or talking to someone or whatever, do it. If you think you might need it, you definitely need it, is the way that you should approach it as a heuristic to whether you need to take care of yourself or not. I think that's a big takeaway from this.
1: Absolutely. And I will say this. There is no shame in taking a week off. You should never apologize. You should never feel bad for it. If you need it, you need it because you are the most important person that you know. And content is something you enjoy doing. The subject matter is something you deeply care about. And you don't want to get into a position where you don't enjoy it anymore. Mm hmm. Because that just sucks, right? Like, imagine just doing magic content and being like, actually, I don't enjoy this anymore because it's just so work-orientated. It feels like a chore and this obligation. And also, if you decide that content creation is not for you, that is completely fine. Yes. No one's going to judge you. It's your time which is very important. So if you don't enjoy something, it's better just to be honest with yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. This actually is segueing nicely into our final section, which is important takeaways. And one here that works nicely with that is to try everything and embrace mistakes, right? So like that, if you feel that you might want to do magic content or any content for that matter, it doesn't have to be about magic. It's just that this is a magic podcast so we're talking about it, but try it. Absolutely try it. And if it doesn't work for you, but you still want to try content, try something else. I'll tell you now, I started, like I said, with streaming. It didn't work for me because I just couldn't hack the grind. I couldn't stream for 12 hours a day for six days a week minimum, you know. And I went and did YouTube videos and I loved that. I loved it. But the workload was unbelievably high. It was so much. I was basically waking up, editing video, going to sleep. Waking up, editing video, going to sleep. And that was for, like, a 10-minute video. (laughs) Like, again, because it was the meticulousness of it that... I wanted to get to a certain level of detail and a certain style. And also, you know, I've less knowledge when it comes to video editing than I do with audio editing. So it was kind of cross-applying skills in that kind of sense. So it was slower as well. So that didn't help. But then I started writing a blog and then I ended up in Hipsters of the Coast writing there. And now I'm a Car Kingdom writing there. I have no previous writing experience whatsoever. Like outside of articles, the last time that I wrote anything was for my leaving cert, which is the secondary school or to Americans high school exams back when I was 18. That was like 13 years ago. Like, people don't believe me when I say that, but like, it's 100% true. If you just write about something that you care about the words are going to work out i was talking to another content creator recently they were getting stressed and upset because their written content wasn't really getting views and and reads and that kind of stuff and i I was perfectly straight up and honest with them and i was like look it's because you're posting to a blog that can only get so many views try and get onto a platform like hipsters like card kingdom like tcg player or any of those and you'll get paid for it as well you know if you do good content people will be happy to pay you for this like there's a constant push to get good writers out there So that worked for me. It obviously worked for yourself as well. And then the reason I'm doing a podcast is because, well, (laughs) I turned around and said to Emma, I was like, I've always wanted to do a podcast, but nearly every single one of my friends used to like make fun of me for wanting to do that. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, you're a white guy. What are you going to do? Talk about (laughs) stuff like, oh yeah, every white guy. The usual joke was what do you call a group of white men? A podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've had that one before.
0: I find it's fine (laughs) that I can say it because I do a podcast and that's fine. But like... If you are someone that does not create content and then someone is like, I want to create content, don't insult them. That's so bad. Don't do that. Like the content from your friend might be bad, but that doesn't mean you need to be a jerk about it. You Mm. know, just let people do stuff. But the reason the podcasting worked for me was because I never shut the hell up, as you can tell. And I'm good at Mm. audio editing. So I just kind of put the two together, you know? Yeah. So don't be afraid to try stuff. And if it doesn't work, put it down. Be okay with it not working.
1: Process of elimination is a very powerful tool. Knowing Mm -hmm. what you don't want to do is just as important as knowing what you want to do. Like, I'm super comfortable with writing. Like, I could write about magic for days and really, really enjoy it. But Mm -hmm. that's not for everyone, because not everyone likes writing. It can be quite boring to some people. I'm from a similar experience to Scott. Like, before Hipsters of the Coast, I had very, very little writing experience. And a lot of what I learned was just from writing at, you know, at these outlets. Mm -hmm over time you're just going to get good at it because you're just doing it week in week out you're just practicing
0: but yeah that's it another thing to take into account is everything when you're a content creator everything is content be that yes tweets videos yourself yourself episodes articles fleets insta stories every single thing everything if you want to just put out content because you enjoy making content and you're happy with whatever number of people come along then you do what you want but if you want to constantly progress and improve and and get more followers or more patrons or whatever you have to keep this in mind as you post literally anything onto the internet is what benefit can someone gain from what I'm putting out here you know what am I adding to this conversation on Twitter what are people going to learn or take away from this video that I'm putting out there you know it doesn't have to be you know sage advice or anything like they could just be getting a laugh you know or you could be playing a a weird deck you know like i'm constantly on the lookout for like mono blue tron videos and stuff because i just have the deck and i really really enjoy it so anytime i see someone with a halfway decent mono blue tron video i'm like i'm in you know you just got to know what everything that you're doing is being presented as and if you're a content creator it's being presented as content no matter what platform it's on yeah
1: absolutely and an extension to that as well if you just want to use your outlet just for your content that's absolutely fine but there are people who like to see the person behind the content so what they get up to in their spare time because having that common touch is really nice because it's something people always relate to Mm -hmm. we're humans we like discussing things so just mentioning like i talk a lot about running on my twitter because i really enjoy running and uh, now i've got like a subset of people that i talk to running about who play magic and it just creates this sort of genuineness that you're just not an artificial content making machine if you just want like that hands-off approach that's absolutely fine but you'd be surprised to see how many people will come to you because you have other hobbies and interests outside of what you create
0: that's it content creation is split into two groups one is if you are doing content creation because you enjoy it then do absolutely whatever the hell you want doesn't matter Mm. whatever makes you happy you do you If you want to try and progress as a creator or improve or develop as a brand, then yeah, you have to be very mindful of everything you're doing, basically. Mm. But also making sure that, like Emma said there, you need to make sure that you have some part of your personality in there too. That's why I usually talk about being silly or doing dumb stuff or going on a rant or whatever because that's just a part of me. You know, that's not like a pre-built thing that I'm like, okay, this is how my persona is going to be for content. I just rant about stuff. I just talk ad nauseum. Mm. Like, that's just what I do. So I just lean into it. That's all. Yeah,
1: I'm similar with Simpson memes. So.
0: Yeah, if you were left to do all of the show notes, we would just have Simpson memes in which to go by. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then finally, just know the right platform. If you're doing magic... Just be on Twitter.
1: Twitter is very good.
0: You can be on Instagram and stuff if you're doing like pack openings or memes and that kind of stuff. That's fine. Another example, outside of Magic, if you're doing, say, D&D content, TikTok, be on TikTok. If you do D&D content or you're looking to do D&D content and you're not considering being on TikTok, change that. It's so enormous. Yeah, because it's just like 15 second skits where like, Mm. you know, dumb bard walks into a bar and (laughs) does blah, blah, blah. Like, it's that kind of skit thing. And people are doing stuff like that or they're doing more serious things like I've created a new type of character that does this that the other or whatever or here's an idea to use in your campaigns and stuff and the short form works really, really well for D&D because you can throw these concepts out and then all people need is the concept and they can just flesh it out from there with their imagination yeah. because that's just the nature of D&D. So TikTok is incredible for D&D. There are a couple of people on Magic TikTok that are great. Uh, like Inkling Customs is there as well. DZ is there. Yeah. Zebex is there too. Like there's a few there, but it's tiny. You know, they do great work, but that TikTok is so, so small. It seems to me that like, if for the most part magic is good on twitter less so on tiktok however there are exceptions to the rule some people are killing it out Mm. there so you know all right well that was a long spiel (laughs) (laughs) do you have anything else to add to this emma
1: not really as I said earlier, just uh, just be honest with yourself. You know, this is your time that you're putting into it. So make the most of it and mm. just make sure you don't lose the enjoyment because especially when you're starting out, you're not getting paid to do it. No. So that motivation is harnessed through passion. So as long as you're happy to do it, just keep doing it. But just be self-aware. If you're feeling tired one week or, you know, you just want mm. a break, it's absolutely fine to do that. Your audience is not going to judge you for it. They they will still be here once you come back.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Mm. And also, to everybody listening, thank you very much for listening to us talk about something that isn't inherently magic-related. But I felt that we were comfortable enough that we could could talk about this kind of stuff now, you know?
1: Yeah, we're at that point, I think, in our tenure that we can shift as you say be magic adjacent and talk about these other subjects once in a while granted it's not going to be something we're going to do often mm-hmm. but once in a while i think it, it's good to yeah do.
0: like don't don't get us wrong this isn't going to be the regular kind of thing i'll be back to ranting next week though just you watch but excellent <laughs> but it is it is good to be able to talk about this stuff because a lot of times people just see the content and don't see the people behind it or the work that has to go into it and sometimes people think like i'd like to do some content but have no idea it's so daunting the concept of it when you don't know anything about it you know yeah so
1: another piece of advice or line that someone said before was make the content you wish to see when you started so this is part of that like I would have loved to have this information when I started just to have some guidance instead of just like going in blind and just trying stuff hoping it sticks so hopefully it's helped aspiring creators or people who are just curious to see the process
0: absolutely we do have a little Q&A before we round things off. We do
1: indeed. So this one's not a question. It's just more of a heads up mm-hmm. from Evie the Mage 97 They say Commander Legends, like naturally, a lot of people really like Commander mm-hmm. Legends. And there's a lot of product opened. With this, a lot of the etched foil commanders, like the premium commanders with the nice fancy border, are actually quite cheap at the moment. Because a lot of people expect these to be expensive because they're just very unique. And they're just saying how Timna and Frasios are under $20 in their etch foiling, which is really, really good considering Frasios at one point was a $50 card. Yeah, nice. So if you want to play some dirty CDH decks with these generals, they're really cheap. I recommend picking them up if you're in the market for really nice looking Eternal Commanders. Mm. We're always going to see play. Absolutely. So we do have a question from Mark Pinder who asks, Have you ever done budget decks over multiple formats? I built Pauper Demir Ninjas and had most of the modern version. Hmm. Can the core of a deck in one format cross over to another?
0: Yes and no. It really depends because if a deck like that Demir Ninja, a lot of ninjas at common are pretty decent and can transform over into a modern version. If you look at, say, Pauper Delver, like, a, like an Izzet Delver or Blue Black Delver, you could potentially port that all the way over to Legacy if you wanted to. With the blue-red version, Mm. just adding, you know, duels and Force of Will and stuff. And the blue-black version, you can just add Thoughtseizes and Dazes, Force of Wills and death shadow. So you can absolutely transfer some decks, but others, not so much. So, for example, you could have, I think a good example of one would be, say, like the five-color Niv to Light decks in Pioneer. They can port over pretty well to Modern, but it's not really a budget deck. So, it can be difficult because different things are of different power levels in different formats. So, for example, Delver of Secrets is god-awful in Modern, but it's great in Legacy, because Legacy is a lot more about the tempo. Modern is a lot more about, I'm going to do big, dumb, broken stuff, and I don't care about your three-power flyer, you know? So, things can port over, you know? Like, I have a Modern budget Delver deck that's not particularly good in Modern, but, again... Modern is the format where you can kind of play whatever and get away with it. So it doesn't really matter. But a lot of the time, particularly if you're constrained to budget as well, you're less likely to be able to port them over. Now, there are a couple of different decks that you can do this with. And we might actually have an episode on this at some point, because I do think there is enough for it to be able to talk a full episode on it. But I think that will be one that we'll have to spend a little bit of time doing a little bit of that extra research with that time that we've saved from doing the you know, the initial groundwork there a few months yeah. ago.
1: So all I'm hearing <laughs> is that, have I got to start another Google Doc?
0: Yeah. <laughs> get, let's get typing. Okay. Thank you for listening to us here at the BM Cast, and a special thanks to our patrons. At the cheering fanatic tier, we have Alejandro, Kilgore Trout 503, Max Makes Magic, Odin Egan, Philippe Delmot, The Jazz Guy, The Joe Cheney. At the Stonks tier, we have a nice Planeswalker, Anga Orr, Scott Creech, and Simon Grip. And finally, the fan-favourite tier, we have Aaron Adams. Thank you all for helping to keep this podcast on the air. We can't thank you enough. If you'd like to support us, head on over to patreon.com forward slash budgetmagiccast. If you have any questions, comments, or sweet brews, you can email us at budgetmagiccast at gmail.com or message us on Twitter at the BMCast. We'll be back next week to give you even more bang for your buck. So the ad will go here.
1: Patreon.